welcome to Inside the USFL. I'm Tom Mees. And you know something? This jersey number 34, red and white, of the New Jersey Generals, of course, is the jersey of Herschel Walker. And it was only about 10 weeks ago that the name Herschel Walker was a household name across America because he had forgone his senior year at Georgia and signed as a professional football player with the New Jersey Generals. Now, eight weeks into the first USFL season, we'll have a chat with Herschel Walker to see how things are going with he and the Generals. We'll also have highlights of all the games of weekend number eight in the United States Football League. We'll have that and much, much more next on Inside the USFL. <laughs> For Job's. I'm a tree and shrub spike, and feeding's my business. Come on, I'll show you my territory. Down here are the feeder roots. See? With granular fertilizer, some nutrients don't get down this season. The Philadelphia Stars end zone has been like that sign on the scoreboard, like the defense department there. No admittance. Yes, opposing teams have had trouble getting any points at all against the doghouse defense in Philly, especially in the second half. The Boston Breakers solved that Philly defense in the second half last week, but no matter, the Stars ran their record to 7-1 and one with a 23-16 victory over Boston. Once again, it was a rainy Sunday afternoon in Veterans Stadium, and once again, the Philadelphia Stars offense got started quickly. First quarter of play, quarterback Chuck Casino back to pass at the Boston 14-yard line, finds Willie Collier from Pittsburgh, deep in the end zone, 7-0 Philly. Following a missed Boston field goal, Philadelphia in the drive again, Kelvin Bryant around left end, breaking tackles, a 21-yard touchdown run. Bryant ran for 110 yards in the day with 23 carries, and also can do a pretty mean dance in the end zone. Boston fights back, though, third quarter trailing 20-0, quarterback Johnny Walton and nails an 86-yard touchdown pass to the speedy Frank Lockett, narrowing the count to 20-7. To With a score 20-14 Philly in the fourth quarter, Boston lines up for a field goal. Now, Tim Mazzetti doesn't kick the field goal. Instead, he throws it to his holder, Nolan France. The question is, did he make the first down or not? It was a fourth down play. He missed it by a yard, says the official. After Philadelphia took a safety to make it 20-16, to on the free kick awarded Philadelphia, Boston's Ira Matthews fumbles it right through his arms, and eventually John Sutton recovers for Philadelphia. Late in the quarter now, Philadelphia field goal made it 23-16. to John Walton's one last chance to tie the ball game up. He missed, and he summed up the loss later on. It's a game of momentum, and seemingly uh, the momentum shift did happen. It did occur, and we did get 14 points on the, uh, on the board. Uh, they got a lot of breaks, so, you know, uh, game of this nature, the team that gets the breaks at the end, I guess, will be the winner. Philadelphia was a winner, 23-16, despite Walton's great day, 31-44 of 44 for 367 yards. Meanwhile, last Sunday afternoon, Legion Field, Birmingham, Alabama, sunny weather for Reggie Collier and the Birmingham Stallions against the Oakland Invaders. Late first quarter, Reggie Collier on the old quarterback draw, 17 yards right up the middle. Not only does he score the touchdown, he stuffs the ball over the goalpost. He was fouled. It's 7-0 Stallions. Late in the second quarter of play, big, reliable fullback. Earl Gant follows his blockers, five yards touchdown. Down 14-0 Birmingham at halftime. 
But in the second half, Arthur Winnington started to come on. He had 83 yards rushing for the day for Oakland. Here he goes for 23 yards around his own right end, setting up an eventual Oakland touchdown. The only one of the day, and guess who took the ball in for the score? Arthur Winnington, 14-7, Birmingham. But the Stallions' offensive line was great. Look at the hole open up here for Cornelius Quarles. 25-yard touchdown run. Birmingham goes on to stop Oakland, 21-9, their second win over the Invaders this season. Then in the muck and mire and quagmire of Washington's RFK Stadium, the Tampa Bay Bandits and the Washington Federals. Early on, quarterback Jimmy Jordan to Eric Trevelyan. 28 yards and a touchdown, 6-0. On the ensuing kickoff, rookie Eric Robinson of Washington following his blocking, and there he goes. 94 yards, untouched for a touchdown, the longest kickoff return in USFL history. The extra point, no good, tied up at 6. Jimmy Jordan again for the Tampa Bay Bandits. 345 yards passing on the day. Touchdown number 2 to Florida A&M's Eric Trevelyan. They call him E.T. with catches like that. Here's touchdown number 3 to Trevelyan. 20-6 to at halftime for Tampa Bay. Second half, Washington's Craig James with his first rushing touchdown down and the USFL made it 20 to 13. Mike Hohensey, a quarterback for Washington in the second half, finds Mike Holmes to tie the game up at 20 all with a score 23 all. Carl Franks appears to be stopped, hits the middle, makes a cut, goes 18 yards for the touchdown. Tampa Bay Bandits defeat the Washington Federals. The final score 30 to 23. The United States Football League has given many veteran NFL quarterbacks another shot at a starting job in professional football. Bobby Scott of the New Jersey Generals is no exception. And down in the nation's capital, another former NFL starter at one time is getting another shot with the Washington Federals. Our Rich Coppola has the story from Washington. Most people think that the United States Football League is the last stop for professional football players who for one reason or another have failed to make it in the NFL. If that's true, Washington Federals quarterback Joe Gillum may be at his last stop. Once the pride of the Pittsburgh Steelers and their starting quarterback, Gillum is now trying to make it in the new USFL. Gillum began his comeback bid at the camp of the Denver goal. The Denver coach, Red Miller, elected to go with another veteran, Kenny Johnson. Gillum traces the path that took him from Denver to the Washington Federals. Well, after I was uh, released from Denver, I went back to New Orleans uh, and went back to work. And uh, Coach Yock and, and Dick Meyer called me about uh, two weeks after I'd been home and, uh, and said that they might bring me up. And then they called me again two days later and asked me, could I be in here tomorrow? And I told them, yes. Yeah. So I packed and came in. Gillum has yet to lead the Federals to victory. But nevertheless, he has performed well in a pair of one-point losses. His fine play has not gone unnoticed by head coach Ray Yark. I certainly hope that Joe does make it here and does a good job. I'm certainly pulling for him as much as anybody is. He's had a lot of problems in his life. He's got that all straightened around now. He's a good individual. Uh, I would think with his talent, if he doesn't make this team, he can make some team. So uh, I don't think it'll be the end of the road for Joe, no matter what happens. The guy has worked awful hard. He's had a lot of trouble in his life. But the main thing is they've kept working, and, and, he, and he's really come back. He's uh, on the right track. He's got his mind in the right perspective. Uh, I think football is a mental game more so than physical. And I think if you have your mind where it's supposed to be, you have nothing to worry about. Despite his fine play to date, Gillum must still prove his worth over the course of a long season. According to Gillum, Failure in Washington would only mean another curve along the comeback trail and not the end of it. I'm not through playing if it's here or wherever it is. I'm not through trying to quit. I'm not through trying to play football. You know, regardless, uh, I can imagine, I can understand someone having that feeling that this might be your last chance. Mm -hmm. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I'm not going to quit playing football. But even if Gillum, who's now 31, doesn't win his battle to make it in pro football, it appears he has won a far more important battle, the one within himself. 
For Inside the USFL, I'm Rich Capola. Stay with us because coming up next, we'll be going out to Las Vegas to visit with Gary Austin and Jim Feist. We'll be looking over the lines for weekend number nine of United States Football League action. That's coming up next when Inside the USFL continues. USA Today is the nation's first general daily newspaper. On the next Business Times, we'll see how the paper is doing as it tries to expand its share of the market. And what are office buildings going to look like in the future? We'll show you what some architects are planning. And as competition in the personal computer business comes to a head, we're going to see who's falling out. Join us on the next Business Times. It's championship time in the National Basketball Association. Um, she saw a genius in those squiggly lines, and she encouraged you to keep on trying. You sure are grateful she did. So for your extra special mom, Strawbridge and Clothier has an exclusive gift from our food hall. An elegantly packaged Godiva milk chocolate rose box filled with all sorts of luscious treats. Seven sumptuous Godiva chocolates, a silk rose, and a shimmering 18-inch gold on sterling chain. Give this Mother's Day gift for only $30. Come in or call Strawbridge and Clothier now, toll-free at 1-800-824-2424. And use your Strawbridge and Clothier charge, Visa, or MasterCard. Your mom, she deserves the finest. Send the finest. A rose box made of Godiva chocolate that brims with even more Godiva, plus a beautiful chain. An exclusive gift only for from Strawbridge and Clothier's Food Hall, and only $30. Call now at 1-800-824-2424 for a very special Mother's Day. Tampa Bay Bandits are at home, and yet they're an underdog to Philadelphia. Is that right? There is a good revenge play here. These are the two best teams in the league against the spread, but I really feel Philadelphia was fortunate last week against uh, Boston, uh, you know, with Walton accumulated a lot of yardage through the air, and I think they're going to have a problem this week against Tampa. I think Tampa will beat them again. The Birmingham Stallions on the road this week against the Washington Federals, and Gary, you just take a look at the records, I guess you have to favor Birmingham in this game. Well, we've established uh, in Las Vegas, Birmingham just a one-point favorite over Washington. Washington has played uh, very good, tough ball and hanging in most of the games. They were right with Tampa until the end of the game and, and did get defeated, but Birmingham seems to be improving, and so we have established them as the favorite. Uh, Birmingham had a big win last week against Oakland, who they beat now twice, but they're only one and two on the road, and I'm going to take Washington in a small upset. In Boston, the Michigan Panthers, who have won three in a row, take on the Boston Breakers, and Gary, to me, this appears to be a very interesting ball game. Well, here's a couple teams that, in my opinion, are definitely improving and, and may surprise uh, somebody and actually make the playoffs. Uh, Boston has a little better record, but Michigan's on a three-game winning streak, and we have established Boston a three-point favorite at home. Jim, the Breakers are a three-point favorite over a hot Michigan team despite their tough loss last week in Philadelphia. Well, yes, I think it is a good line. I think three is an excellent number, but I have to make a choice in the game, and I'm going to take Boston. I think they're, uh, they're a real strong club. They're coming home after two tough road games, and statistically last week they beat the Stars and uh, I think they had five turnovers that really gave the game away. So I'm on Boston this week, laying the three. The New Jersey Generals at the Denver Gold. Gary, the Generals lose a tough one in overtime at Chicago, and now they're on the road at the Mile High City in Denver. What's going to happen this week? 
Well, I think New Jersey, first of all, is definitely improving. They did seem to have their uh, game together better against Chicago, and I think they'll uh, give Denver a real good run for their money uh, at Denver this week. We have established Denver a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm just guessing, but I'd, I'd be surprised if that line's not a little lower by game time. Jim, another big crowd is expected at Mile High Stadium to support the gold and also to see Herschel Walker. Is the big crowd going to help the Denver ball club? Well, it hasn't helped them that much uh, yet. They played uh, at home several times. They haven't done all that well. The generals are moving the football. They're controlling the ball on the ground with uh, Walker especially. Uh, he's averaging about 150 yards in the last four games. Uh, they looked fairly good against uh, the Blitz on uh, Monday night, and I'm going to be on them again this week, taking the three and a half. Well, the Chicago Blitz escaped with an overtime win over those New Jersey Generals last Monday night. Now they're on the road in Los Angeles. Gary, how do you handicap a game like this? Well, when the season started on my rating system, I actually had Chicago and Los Angeles rated as two of the top three teams in the league. Uh, they've both been somewhat of a disappointment to myself. I think that... Uh, Chicago, although they got by last week, is definitely hurting because they have so many offensive linemen uh, injured. But we have established them as a three-point favorite at Los Angeles uh, in the Coliseum this weekend. Jim, more home teams have started winning in the USFL. Will the Express being back at home help them against uh, Chicago? Well, I am going to take the Express uh, plus the points. The Blitz, like Gary said, they're having trouble in the offensive line area. And if you watch the game on Monday night, you could see the inconsistency of their line play. L.A. has covered three out of four games at home, and I'm going to take them again this week. Monday night on ESPN, it's the Arizona Wranglers at the Oakland Invaders. The first time around, Oakland handled Arizona easily, Gary. Well, the Monday night football seems to be catching on in Vegas on ESPN. We, we are doing uh, pretty good business on, on Monday night compared to some of the other games. Uh, this week, we've established Oakland a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, against Arizona. And the one thing I might mention along this line, that the USFL is getting to be a very good betting sport because so many of the lines are, are very close. You seldom see anybody that's a, a large favorite, and that's a very positive thing from the oddsmaker's standpoint in Las Vegas. Jim, the Oakland offense has been disappearing in recent weeks, and yet they're a favorite at home. Why? Well, they should be the favorite in the game because they're at home, and, and also they have a fairly decent record, and they beat this team earlier. But Oakland is, uh, after a good start, by the way, they, uh, they've lost four of their last five games. And uh, Arizona's playing pretty well. And I really feel that they're going to be up for this game since they lost 24 to nothing in the first game of the year. So I'm going to take the uh, Wranglers in this one. Gary and Jim, thank you very much. And we'll check in with you in Las Vegas for the latest lines again next week. You know, our Paul McGuire, through his travels in the United States Football League, has seen just about all the top running backs. He says there are those who are very good and those who aren't so good. Paul? Tom, there have been a lot of surprises in the USFL so far this season. I think one of the biggest surprises to me, the quality of offensive running backs. Crump of Boston, Arthur Whittington of Oakland, Tim Spencer of Chicago, and of course, Calvin Bryant, and Herschel Walker, Philadelphia and New Jersey. Now, you take a look at these guys. you got two guys that are tied this last weekend going in for the lead as far as rushing is concerned. Have a chance within nine weeks to break 1,000 yards. That's tremendous. But let's take a look at these two guys. First of all, Calvin Bryant of Philadelphia. This young man is running very well. He's running like he did in college, catching the ball very well. But the, the big thing about Kelvin is he has confidence. I mean, extreme confidence in his offensive line because they have the best offensive line in football. Herschel Walker, on the other hand, he's tied for the top. It looks good on paper. But Herschel Walker is not running like Herschel Walker when he was playing at Georgia. He's running very tentatively. 
take a look at him and you watch his legs and he's always trying to protect his knees you can't do that you're going to eventually get hurt but again he doesn't have the confidence in his offensive line that's something you need hope that they break the thousand yards in nine weeks back to you tom Thank you very much, Paul. We'll talk to you again next week on your thoughts about the United States Football League. And stay with us. We'll have more highlights from weekend number eight of the USFL when Inside the USFL continues in just a moment. Nickelodeon life for the winners this time, huh? Oh, you enjoy being buried in the sand. <laughs> Would good friends really play this hard for a beer? Well, it is Michelob Light, the rich, smooth taste you can compare to any beer you like. Michelob Light for the winner. Ah, the sea, the sun, the sand. The check. The check. Last Monday night on ESPN, Herschel Walker and the New Jersey Generals marched into Soldier Field, Chicago, bent on an upset of the Chicago Blitz. They took George Allen's team to overtime, but once again, the Generals came out on the short end of the score. It was the largest crowd of the season at home for the Chicago Blitz, well over 32,000 at Soldier Field. Let's take a look at some of the highlights now from last Monday night's game. Last play of the first quarter as the cheerleaders already into the game. Herschel Walker thrills the big crowd with an easy romp for a touchdown to give New Jersey a 6-0 lead. Herschel ran for 138 yards in this night to take over the rushing lead. 6-0 New Jersey. Second quarter, third and nine for Chicago. Greg Landry back and over the middle. Touchdown to Lenny Willis, a 12-yard score, 7-6 Chicago at halftime. In the fourth quarter now, Frank Corral back to punt for Chicago. It's blocked by Keith Mooney. And rookie John Joyce out of Colgate picks the ball up. Nobody on the blitz touches him, so he runs in for a touchdown, 14-7 New Jersey after the two-point conversion. Landry, though, leads Chicago back to a tie, hitting Tremaine Johnson over the middle. What an exciting receiver this man is. Keith Moody made the game-saving tackle right there. Second and goal, Kevin Long, second effort, touchdown. Extra point good, 14-all, we go into overtime. As Herschel Walker, as we approach the end of regulation, would fumble on a key series of downs. Chicago recovers in the person of Stan White, and we go into overtime from there, tied at 14. Now, well into the overtime period, Frank Corral wins it with his 27-yard field goal. George Allen says he's proud of his team. I'm very proud of the way my team played. We overcame a lot of uh, adversity tonight. We had some key injuries and some face mask calls that are accidental uh, tackling, and uh, I thought it was a heck of a game. It was a heck of a game, George, but it also didn't hurt having Herschel Walker fumble down near your own goal line. The Chicago Blitz win it in overtime, 17-14. to 14. Last Saturday night at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan, the Michigan Panthers on the prowl looking for their third win in a row against the L.A. Express. Early on, Anthony Carter, the All-American from Michigan, asserting himself. 20-yard pass completion over the middle from quarterback Bobby Hebert. And Four plays later, it's Anthony Carter from Hebert again. 26 yards. Watch the move to the inside, and Carter's into the end zone. 7-3 Michigan, Carter's second TD catch of the year with a score 13 to 10 Michigan less than 30 seconds left in the first half LA strikes Mike Gray to Chris Haynes he makes a great catch 22 yards touchdown LA leads 17 13 at halftime and Ray shoots down the ball 
in the Silverdome. Big play for the Panthers, though, coming up second half. Mike Ray, he was a hero a moment ago. Now he fumbles the ball, and linebacker John Corker recovers for the Panthers. That would set up the Michigan go-ahead touchdown. A one-yard leap by John Williams. He's into the end zone, plus the two-point conversion, 24-17 Michigan. Novo Vojovic, the excellent field goal kicker for Michigan, ties the USFL record with his fourth field goal of the game. Michigan goes on to win, going away. Final score there, 34-24 over the L.A. Express. Meanwhile, last Saturday night in Tempe, Arizona, the Denver Gold at the Arizona Wranglers. 3-3 score at halftime. Second half, Arizona quarterback Alan Risher, little dump pass to Calvin Murray. Same play we saw a couple of weeks ago in Washington, and the same result. Watch Murray out-sprint the defensive back, 54 yards for the touchdown, 10-3 Arizona. Then in the fourth quarter of play. Risher would roll to his right as the fans approve in Tempe. Alan Risher looking for a wide-open Jackie Flowers. He finds him. Flowers' 10th touchdown catch of the year, 17-3, Arizona. Then Risher, was 15 of 21 on the night for 140 yards. I don't think that this pass will be in his Hall of Fame. He's under a heavy rush, has to get rid of the ball, throws a dying quail, but right in the hands of Neil Ballholm. And it's a touchdown. The Wranglers win. Final score, Arizona 24 and the Denver Gold 3. What about the standings in the United States Football League? In the Atlantic Division, Philly on top by two games over Boston. It's a two-team race. New Jersey and Washington bring up the rear. In the Central Division, Tampa Bay, which plays Philly this week, on top by a game over Chicago. Michigan coming out at 4-4, four and four, Birmingham 3-5. and five. And in the wacky Pacific Division, L.A., Denver, Arizona all tied for the lead, but Oakland only one game back. As far as our DuPont Player of the Week goes, it's substitute quarterback Jimmy Jordan of the Tampa Bay Bandits. He comes in for the injured John Reeves last week in Washington. What does he do? He throws three touchdown passes, throws for 345 yards in total. Jimmy Jordan, the former All-American from Florida State, our DuPont Player of the Week. He hit Eric Trevian in all three touchdown passes in the first half against the Federals. 30 of 45 for 345 yards and three touchdowns. Congratulations to Jimmy Jordan of the Tampa Bay Bandits, this week's DuPont Player of the Week. And this DuPont Player of the Week has been brought to you by the makers of Rain Dance Car Wax Plus. Rain dancing on your car's finish means the wax protection isn't finished. And who keeps the rain dancing? Rain Dance. It's guaranteed to last longer than the leading car wax paste or poly. Water beating proves it. Rain Dance keeps the water beating long after the competition falls flat. And longer lasting means less waxing. So keep the rain dancing longer on your car with Rain Dance. And you won't have to wax so often. Nine-year-old car, junk. Another nine-year-old car, same make and model, still going strong after 105,000 miles. Part of the difference, a complete maintenance record. It's a good way to make sure your car gets all the service the owner's manual recommends. Find more answers on how to make your car last in the Longer Car Life book, free from participating Shell dealers. Come to Shell for answers. Hey, you need any help with that roof? You need any help with them baths? Well, I can't handle both these rods. <laughs> work horsing around. Work horsing around. Trying to get the most out of life. Just work horsing around. Workhorse Chew. The flavor keeps coming through so a man can keep on doing what he's got to do. Yep. This is definitely a two-man job. Work horsing around.
It was about 10 weeks ago that the name Herschel Walker was dominating the sports pages of America much in the same way that John Elway is now. In those last 10 weeks, though, Walker's been going about his business, running the football for the New Jersey Generals, and life has calmed down quite a bit. But yes, Herschel Walker is the leading rusher in the United States Football League. The early weeks of Walker's pro career were not easy. They were marked by more losses and missed blocking assignments than touchdown runs. I realized that it's going to take time, and some people thought that I could jump right in and get with it, but then uh, football, at least breaking down offensive scheme, is a lot difficult than a lot of people think. The Generals have already lost more games this season than Walker's college and high school teams did in his career. But Herschel says there's a good reason for this, youth and inexperience. All the guys on the team, at least they're winners, and they've been on winning programs like I have, and they understand that we're a young team, that we've got a lot of learning to do, and I think we're getting better and better each week. The loss against Chicago was something that hurt a great deal, and uh, then I look back and I really... I can pinpoint just one thing, and I think that's what my form is going down. I think if I wouldn't have formed that ball, we may have had a game, and we wouldn't have taken it to the overtime, and I feel real bad because of that, because I think all the guys worked really hard, and he was really ready to play Chicago, and I think we played real well. Walker has run for over 100 yards in each of the last four games, drawing high praise from the veterans on the club. While I was injured, uh, uh, Monday night, uh, I was on the sidelines there watching him a couple times uh, on blitzes. He he stung some linebackers too, so uh, uh, he's uh, he's coming along real well and doing a good job for us. And uh, like I said before, everybody uh, everybody expected it, and he hadn't disappointed anyone. Started slow, but then that's just you know it's you know you got to allow for that. I paid to hear lately he's been killing the man, and uh, he's been. He has been the general so far. Uh, as I look back, I think this was the right decision because at least I still love Georgia a great deal. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do everything I can for them because school was great to me. They had a lot of fine people there. It was something I enjoy, and I'm going to continue to enjoy. But then uh, college prepare you to go out in life and be successful, and I don't think there was too many people came out of college that's in the place that I'm in. You're right, Herschel. There is no one else in the place you're in the top rushing spot in the United States Football League. Remember now, you've always got a 50-yard line seat for great USFL action on ESPN. Saturday night will be live in Tampa, Florida, as the Tampa Bay Bandits host the Philadelphia Stars. That game comes your way at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time. Then Monday night, we'll be live in Oakland, California at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time, as the Oakland Invaders take on the Arizona Wranglers. Two more great USFL games this weekend on ESPN. And we'll be back next week at the same time with another edition of Inside the USFL.